This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Discussion about our national anthem, its meaning and how it represents Australia was a big part of the start of 2021. That's because our Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced that the song's second line, For We Are Young and Free, would be officially changed to For We Are One and Free. So in this first episode of Squish Shortcuts for 2021, we dig into the background of our anthem, we look at its history, how it came to be the song for our nation, and what changes have been made to it over the years, and why. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Let's start with a really obvious question, Claire, but one I couldn't answer before we did this shortcut. And that's why we have national anthems in the first place. <laughs> they really only started to be used from the 19th century onwards and most paid sort of homage to a reigning monarch mm. uh, or served as a patriotic song for forming new states. And there's a few countries in the world that still don't have a national anthem, but these days they tend to be played on national holidays, sporting matches, official events, uh, and as many of us will fondly remember at school. Yeah, I remember seeing the national anthem at school. It's, it's rather a symbolic thing then, to put it simply. Now that's been cleared up, Claire, anyone under the age of 50 might be surprised to learn our national anthem, Advance Australia Fair, is a relatively recent development. That's right. And as part of the British Empire, the colonies pre-1901, and then Australia used variations of God Save the Queen or God Save the King, depending on who was monarch at the time before that. So that was our national anthem until 1984, when Advance Australia Fair became our official national anthem. That was during Bob Hawke's first First year of government. But before we talk about why that became the case, let's learn a bit more about the song itself. First off, pre-1984, it was actually already pretty well known amongst Australians, Claire. Yeah, it was written by a Scottish-born bloke by the name of Peter Dodds McCormick in 1878. McCormick is said to have penned the song after attending a concert in Melbourne where national anthems from around the world were performed. That sounds like a really fun concert. But, of <laughs> course, those excluded Australia because Australia wasn't even federated at the time. Mm. It just took a day to write and McCormick wrote the first verse on a bus ride home from the concert and the next day the music and the lyrics were complete. And I guess history was sort of starting to be made at that point. That same year, the song was first performed. It was also featured in the inauguration of the Commonwealth of Australia on the 1st of January 1901. That's when we became a nation, when it was sung by a 10,000-strong choir. Claire, its popularity continued to grow through the 20th century. Yeah, it was played regularly. For example, the ABC used a shortened version of the tune to announce its news bulletins throughout World War II right up until the early 50s when it was replaced with that majestic fanfare that it still uses today. And during that period, it was also frequently played at official functions and in movie theatres along with God Save the King. And then when Queen Elizabeth was on the throne, God Save the Queen. But around the middle of the century, patriotism was in the air post-World War II. The mood in Australia was shifting. More people were now supporting the idea of moving away from Great Britain and establishing our own national anthem. Let's get into the lead up into how that happened next. 
So Australia's growing desire to have our own national anthem really came to the fore with the arrival of the Olympic Games in Melbourne, Clare in 1956. That's right. And it wasn't until Republican Gough Whitlam's Labor government came to power in 1972 that moves were made uh, by those at the top to establish an Aussie national anthem. And in 1973, the Whitlam government launched a nationwide competition and it received 2,500 entries. So people were able to submit songs that they thought should be the national anthem. The judges of that competition, though, deemed them all inferior to Australia. Australia's three unofficial national songs at the time. Those were good old waltzing Matilda. It's been around for a while. (laughs) Carl Linger's Song of Australia and, of course, Advance Australia Fair. We all know waltzing Matilda, Claire. I wasn't familiar with the Song of Australia. Well, that's actually going to be my recommendation uh, for this episode. We'll put a link to that in the episode notes. It's worth a listen to hear just what might have been. Yeah, it's quite something. It's very grand. It's probably the right way (laughs) to put it. It's very grand. The following year... In 1974, the Whitlam government polled around 60,000 Australians and those were the songs that were given as options as an alternative to God Save the Queen. Advance Australia Fair Clare won by a long shot. Yeah, and that saw Whitlam declare that it would become our national anthem, but Whitlam was dismissed in November 1974 and the new coalition government under Malcolm Fraser stuck with God Save the Queen as our national anthem. But pressure from the public was continuing to build and in 1977, Fraser launched a plebiscite to settle the matter and, again, Advance Australia Fair won by a lot. Yeah, two million-odd votes, in fact. Coming in second was Waltzing Matilda, what could have been, I guess. That all went down in 1977, as you say, but it wasn't until Labor's Bob Hawke came to power that it officially became our national anthem, and that was on the 19th of April, 1984. Yeah, and the reason for that was that while Advance Australia Fair came out over overwhelmingly on top of the national popular vote, public opinion was still pretty divided Mm. and voters in some states actually preferred other options. South Australia, for example, voted for the Song of Australia Uh, and many others, of course, wanted to stick with God Save the Queen, particularly for its references to our head of state. Yeah, the whole becoming a republic debate thrown in there. So there were a few issues to settle before Advance Australia Fair could become our national anthem. As we know, it did eventually happen in 1984 but it wasn't as we now know it when it first became so. Let's have a look at the changes that have been made to our national anthem now. Before Advance Australia Fair became our anthem, it was four verses. The first significant change that was made was that two of the verses were dropped. And a new second verse was adopted. That actually happened at Federation in 1901. And I have a few smutty pants friends who know both verses. I have to confess I only know the first one. I absolutely know the second verse. (laughs) Well, good for you. Beneath our radiant Southern Cross, we'll toil with hearts and hands, etc., etc., etc. Sing along with me if you know it. (laughs) But look, whether you know one or two verses, the original was four, as you've said, Mm. and it included references to Captain Cook and Great Britain. It had lines such as when gallant cook from Albion sailed, from English soil and fatherland, and when once Britannia ruled the waves. So it's a different song these days. Completely different and obviously a little problematic. So a few alterations were made to the lyrics to make it more gender inclusive as well, Claire. In the original version, the first line 
read Australian sons, let us rejoice. That line was changed mm. to Australians all let us rejoice. And the line for loyal sons beyond the seas was changed in that second verse to for those who have come across the seas. And a line in the second verse originally uh, also talked about to make our youthful commonwealth, it's replaced with to make this commonwealth of ours. So yeah, a few changes there too. Some handy work there to make those changes. Over the years, Claire, there have been calls for our national anthem to change even further, especially to include references to the First Nations people. Others, Claire, want the anthem scrapped altogether. Let's have a look now at what's been done to address those calls. One place we often hear the National Anthem, Claire, or sing the National Anthem is before sporting events. And that's really where the debate over changes has played out over the past few years. Indigenous boxer Anthony Mundine has consistently refused to stand for the National Anthem since 2013. And it's an issue that's bubbled along for many years, particularly reflecting what has happened in the US after NFL player Colin Kaepernick took a knee during America's National Anthem to protest injustices suffered by black Americans. Yeah, we've seen players in a number of sporting codes here in Australia refuse to sing the national anthem. One of the more prominent of those was a refusal by some state of origin players in 2019 to sing along. And last year, there was a whole controversy when the NRL decided not to play the national anthem during the state of origin series, but it reversed that decision pretty quickly after a backlash from Prime Minister Scott Morrison and also from fans. Yeah, and whilst the NRL said that not playing it wasn't a political decision, it was interesting to see the public backlash over plans not to play it, as you say. Other codes have had different approaches. For example, late last year, a Tri-Nations match between Australia and Argentina saw the anthem sung in both the Indigenous Eora language and also in English. Claire, that really brings us right up to the now when on the 1st of January, one word in the anthem was changed in a nod to Australia's Indigenous heritage. And to give a bit of background first, in 2017, a not-for-profit organisation called Recognition in Anthem was established to rewrite the lyrics to advance Australia Fair. It proposed changing the lyrics, we are young and free, to we are one and free in the first verse, deleting the second verse, and then also adding two new verses that referenced Australia's Indigenous history as well as immigration. And as I understand it, Claire, that version was endorsed by former Prime Minister Bob Hawke. It was also endorsed by Malcolm Turnbull, both Republicans, of course. Turnbull even allowed it to be sung on certain occasions as a patriotic song, but stopped short of officially changing the lyrics. Yeah, that's right. And whilst the full change hasn't been adopted, uh, there has been movement on that lyric change. And it was in November last year when New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian said Australia should officially adopt the line, we are one and free. She made that statement off her own bat as the leader of our most popular state. She recommended it to the Prime Minister and to make that change, all it takes is the swipe of a pen and the agreement of the Governor-General. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. As we mentioned, it officially changed on the 1st of January when that happened. 
It's the first alteration since the anthem was established in 1984. There's been mixed reactions. Prime Minister Scott Morrison said the change, and this is a quote, simply reflects the realities of how we understand our country and who we always hope to be and the values that we always live by. The change was embraced by many in the Indigenous community and elsewhere, but it's attracted criticism from some corners who argue that the move is only symbolic, that it'll do little to change the a lot of Indigenous Australians and some have criticised the lyrical changes not going far enough. Yeah, and as we said, some want the anthem changed altogether. Others like Indigenous leader Noel Pearson say there are better ways to acknowledge Australia's history. So really, the debate continues. Now, Claire, there is another point of contention in the anthem before we finish up, and that is the use of the word girt. Our home is girt by sea. Apparently that really irks some people. They say it's too archaic. (laughs) Yeah, girt is not a word that I personally use much in conversation. You might, Kate, I don't know. It comes from the old English verb gird, which means to surround or to encircle. I reckon that's a challenge to everyone. Use girt in a sentence today. (laughs) See how you go. And that's your shortcut to Australia's national anthem. On to our recommendations. Each episode of Squiz Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. Mine's a watching one today, also a listening. It's a clip that we referred to from late last year where the Wallabies sung the Australian national anthem in both Eora, a First Nation language, and English ahead of the Tri-Nations test against Argentina. It was pretty stirring stuff. And mine, of course, as I've already uh, foreshadowed, is the Song of Australia. I've got a link to that. It talks about Australia being the land of the rose and also having lots of corn. So it's quite a different kind of different song to what we've got. It is. It's at the other end of the spectrum from Waltzing Matilda, if you can put it that way. <laughs> yeah, there's no Jolly Swagmans, that's for there's sure. There's no Jolly Swagmans in that one. Thank you so much for listening into this episode of Squish Shortcuts. If you like what you've heard, please tell people about our shortcuts. We also take requests like a good deal. DJ does. And if you would like us to pull together a squeeze shortcut on a certain topic, something you want a little bit more background on, a bit more context to, shoot us an email to hello at thesquiz.com.au. We'll be back next week.